Hi, welcome to the High School Basketball Happenings podcast, a podcast that candidly discusses all the hot topics taking place in the high school basketball world. We are your co-hosts, Zane Motani and Paul Biancardi. Today on the podcast, we are lucky to be joined by Dariq Whitehead. Dariq is a six foot six small forward who plays at Montverde Academy and played his summer AAU ball for Team Durant. Dariq has been a focal point for a Montverde team that last year won its fifth national championship. And this summer at Peach Jam, he was named to the EYBL All Peach Jam first team. Dariq is the number four ranked prospect in the ESPN class of 2022 rankings and recently committed to play his college basketball at Duke. Dariq Whitehead, welcome to the High School Basketball Happenings podcast. Thanks for having me. All right, let's get right into it. You're from Jersey. You went to Montverde Academy as an eighth grader. Describe what went into that thought process and that decision. Uh, that was definitely one of the hardest decisions I've made in my life, but I feel like, you know, it was just a change I had to make in order to get to where I needed to be, you know, in the future. And I feel like, you know, being down the road, you know, Coach Bull's long list of, you know, accomplishments he had with players and stuff, I feel like that was the spot that I needed to be. You know, when I left home, the main thing that went was, you know, making sure we had no distractions. It was strictly basketball school, basketball school, and, you know, just becoming a man. And I feel like that's what definitely helped me, you know, become who I am today from just going down at my very such a young age. You know, I got criticized for it and stuff like that, but it definitely made me who I am today. Learn how to deal with criticism? Absolutely. <laughs> comes with the uh, territory and the spotlight that you have. <laughs> now, since your sophomore year, though, you started, and, and you know, that team uh, was ridiculous in terms of, the, you know, the talent that you had. And then last year's team, you won Geico. And this year's team is really strong. How would you kind of compare the teams when you look at your sophomore team with Cunningham and Barnes and those guys, Daron Sharp, last year's team and this upcoming team? Uh, I can say all them teams are different. You know, all them teams are special in their own ways. You know, I feel like the team my sophomore year with Kate, you know, Scotty, Moses, Dayron, that's that was a once in a lifetime team. I don't feel like you're honestly going to see another team like that. So it's like I try not to compare the teams that I'm playing with, you know, next year or the year that just passed and stuff like that to them teams. Because, like I said, that's a team you'll find once in a lifetime. But every team I've had, you know, I enjoy playing on. We made a pretty, you know, one, like you said, one national championships and, you know, I just enjoy playing with them. They all a great group of guys, and we all know what they're in Mount for, which is the buy-in and obviously won a national championship. I'm sure it's a unique experience turning on uh, ESPN on most any weeknight when Summer League is going on and seeing one of your, uh, one of your former teammates uh, playing, on the, playing on the court. Um, so, Dariq, let's talk a little bit about Summer Ball. So you played with Team Durant during Peach Jam, which was, I'm guessing, unlike any other tournament that you've ever participated in or that any of us have ever been to, you know, it's two weeks of quarantining, no fans, bare bones staff, testing every other day. How difficult was it to be in that isolated environment where you're playing almost every day, but you don't have sort of the flexibility to go around and sort of be yourself the way that you'd probably been accustomed to up until up until that point? I mean, for others, it probably was hard, but you know, me going to Montverde and, you know, having to do it all year in order to play, I was kind of like used to it. You know, we was quarantined basically the whole year, except isolated from everyone else, you know, just around the team, really. So, you know, for some of my teammates, it was really hard, but I just knew that was, you know, something we had to do in order to play. And that's all I was, you know, it's all I was, you know, have a great peace jam and just play with my teammates. So it's something I was used to, 
but I had to also get my teammates to, you know, actually, you know, get used to that too, you know, which is, you know, with Stan's telling them like, you know, we can't do this right now. No, we can't go out to this place right now and stuff like that. So it's something I definitely was used to, but I had to get my teammates to, you know, come along. It's very interesting for you and your other Montverde teammates who are also underclassmen. It was probably table stakes that you all were, were used to that approach. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's fast forward a little bit. Recently, you made your big commitment to Duke. Congratulations. Thank you. That was on ESPN Sports Center Twitter, by the way, for all those wondering. When Coach K made his decision that he's going to go into retirement, what were the conversations like between you and him? Uh, I feel like the conversation between me and Coach K, you know, was no different from anyone he was recruiting. You know, he actually, you know, spoke to me every day. He reached out every day and told me, you know, I'm one of the kids in the class he would like to, you know, coach and he's still going to have his office. So, you know, if, you know, I need to be mentored or something like that. You know, that's something he had to do. You know, he's not going to be coaching me. Obviously, I'm glad to be with Coach Shire, but uh, that's something that went in, you know, took play into it. And then you had transitioned to Coach Shire. How did those conversations go from him as the assistant coach recruiting you to now going to be your head coach? Uh, me and Coach Shia, we built a, you know, a bond, you know, that's what I feel like helped before anything, you know, just me and him building a bond before him, you know, actually just offering me. And that's what made it, you know, even more interesting. Me and, um, no, actually me and uh, Coach Nolan Smith, you know, it started off with yeah. me and him and I got to know Coach Shire and things just took off from there. You know, they were a great group of guys. They feel, I feel like they had my best interest and that was really it. Yeah, that's very, very intriguing how the, the recruiting is going for Duke with guys that are not going to play for Coach K, but they're going to play for Coach Shire, yourself, and Kyle Filipowski. Let's, uh, let's step away from the basketball court a little bit. So you had a quote a while back that said, you said, when you were growing up, I was strictly a football player. So two questions for you. At what point did you know you wanted to put all your eggs in the basketball basket and maybe put football away? And then the second question is, do you ever get the itch to get back out on the football field, even if it's just playing, you know, competitive flag football with, you know, uh, other folks at, at Montverde? Uh, first, uh, what made me, you know, had an itch to say, you know, it's going to go basketball is I think it was my eighth grade year. You know, I started to do a lot more traveling. You know, I started to get noticed a little more. And it's, I just had fun, you know, traveling with basketball. You know, I was still having fun with it. You know, I wasn't taking it as serious as I should have. And that's just something I saw myself doing in the future. So, you know, me and my family had a talk and decided, all right, you know, this is what we're going to do, you know, and that's just something we did since then. And then, you know, in terms of me playing football, you know, to this day, I still wish, you know, sometimes I could go back and play. You know, it's like when I'm playing so much basketball, sometimes I just want to take a, you know, pause from it and say, you know, I want to play football. But it's like, you know, I know, like I said, no injuries. I'm not trying to get injured or nothing. So I just got to stick, you know, basketball until I, you know, God willing, get there. And on the football field, you played receiver and what did you play on defense? On defense, I played kind of like outside linebacker. Okay, that's interesting. You can hit people, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> hey, I want to take you back a little bit further, back to COVID for a minute. Uh, when everybody was quarantined, a lot of things were going on in our country, a lot of social un unrest. And, um, you know, COVID created a lot of problems in our world, obviously, tragedies. Did you pick up any new... Uh, hobbies? Did you learn more about another subject? Uh, did your mind take you somewhere away from the game and away from school? If you can go back to that for a minute, just maybe how you grew during that time. Uh, really during COVID, I took that time to, you know, become a better person, you know, just grow as a person, become a young man. It was like, you know, just being, you know, talking to my mom, you know, my brother, that was just time I took to 
become a better person, you know, just overall traits being at Montverde, you know, that was just time I took for myself, really. You know, it wasn't much basketball, but that's time I had to take, you know, just focus on myself, really. Did you do anything specific to, you know, be a better person, as you would say? I'm about to say, really, it was more, you know, family stuff, making sure I enjoyed time with my family, you know, making sure, you know, I got on Instagram and stuff like that to change, you know, just to tell little kids, you know, it's okay if, you know, you'd be a basketball player and not in the streets and stuff like that. It was just small stuff I was doing that I feel like I made an impact to a, you know, a lot of kids in my, my neighborhood. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. So back to Montverde for a second. Um, you talked about how you become a, a young man at Montverde by being there for so long. How would you describe a Kevin Boyle practice, Montverde practice, with all that talent and him on the sidelines? That's honestly the most – I'm going to say intense practice that you, you know, possibly could deal with, you know, just the type of guy he is, you know, you like to get you fired up. And then, you know, it's all that talent, everyone coming in competing for minutes, you know, it's like never a day where you're going to go and someone's not going to come in and give you all they got. Cause you know, you all fighting for the same amount of minutes. You're all fighting for one thing, which is be on the court. So, you know, every year we come in, we have about eight, nine guys who all can play. So it's like, we all playing, you know, you only can play five people at the end of the day. So it was real hard, you know, especially with Coach Boyle. He's going to go with his best five, the best five who perform well in practice and who's going to give you, you know, the most energy on that day. So it's definitely – I'm, I'm going to say it's hard to maintain that energy every day, but just knowing the type of coach he is, it's like sometimes you got to have in the back of your mind, like, all right, you know, you know, you got to get this done in order if you want to play in this game, you know, this week. <laughs> well, can you give us a Kevin Boyle-ism or a one-liner or can you impersonate him in any way? Trying to impersonate him. Ah. What's his favorite? What's his favorite line in practice? His favorite line in practice. See, Coach Boyle's a character. You know, it's like every day is some, you know, something new with him. It's he finding out something new with Coach Boyle. So it's like I won't say he got a favorite line. It's just like I said, he's one of them guys where you just got to come into practice and see what the topic is gonna be about today. But I will tell you, he's big on dogs. That's all I say. <laughs> on dogs. He loved dogs. He, you know, he considered them his kids. Okay. All right. Good stuff. <laughs> uh, maybe a, a one final question, fun question I have to, to close this out. Um, so the Olympics just concluded. Um, hopefully you got a chance to watch not only the basketball, but some of the non-basketball sports. Uh, is there a, if you were thrown into the Olympics tomorrow, what is one sport that you think you would be serviceable at? And by serviceable, I mean, you could last, you know, five or six seconds in that sport without <laughs> people realizing, hey, Dariq is not a professional in the sport. And on the other hand, what is one sport that you would have no chance at, couldn't even get on the team, couldn't even get on the bus uh, without being, uh, being exposed? Uh, one sport I definitely say I wouldn't even be able to make the bus is swimming. That, as <laughs> soon as they see me do that, they, it's going to be over. But one sport I feel like I could, you know, at least compete a little bit. Probably my technique won't be the best, but it's long jump you know, track, field, long jump. I feel like if I do that a good, you know, one, two times, it'll be good. But after that, you'll see everything start to go downhill. <laughs> Someone who's seen many of your uh, long-footed, one-footed, you know, take off from quite far, halfway to the free throw line dunks. I, uh, <laughs> I, I can co-sign on that. <laughs> that, that that's Derek Whitehead's versatility right there. <laughs> hey, last question. Family member told me you had a nickname. Now, I don't know if you agree with it, but you know, you were called something growing up. So we got to get the details. Somebody said you were the golden child of the family. 
Can you describe what that made me? <laughs> uh, that was something my mom and my aunts, you know, came up with. And, you know, when I was a kid, it's now, you know, I was real spoiled. You know, everything my <laughs> way or something like that. So then out of nowhere, you know, I, my mom and my aunt started calling me the golden child. And at first I was lost. And then they went into more details on what it mean. And that just really mean, like, you know, since I was a kid, I was always spoiled and wanted things, you know, I wanted things my way. That was it. Well, I don't know about spoiled, but you were just loved. <laughs> as we going to put it as that. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, thank you for joining the High School Basketball Happenings podcast. We're going to follow your progress all year at Montverde, and then when you get to Duke. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right, thank you for listening to this episode of the High School Basketball Happenings podcast. You can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform. If you have any topics of interest that you'd like for us to discuss in our next episode, please tweet us at Paul Biancardi at Zane Motani.